Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Hello and welcome to VEASAN's Long Shots, the memorial post-mortem edition. Here it is Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, coming off of yet another outright win here for Victor Hovland. This was in a playoff. Denny McCarthy, who putted like a champion all week long, misses the big putt that would have just secured the win for him and instead goes to a playoff and Victor Hovland secures a victory that, Wes, listen, you had the balls to bet him outright. I had a top 10 on him. I ended up getting in in the fourth round at plus 850 before the uh, before the round started on Sunday to get a little exposure to Hovland. I wanted some upside on that top 10 bet that I had with him. Uh, you, you've had the balls to keep betting him. And frankly, you know, look, we've talked about it. The The placements were there. The wins were not. And even though it took a, you know, I'm not going to call it a McCarthy meltdown, but it took a stumbling of McCarthy there at the end of the tournament. He gets to the playoff. He makes some uh, a big putt down the stretch to get him to the playoff as it was anyway. And then he does secure a victory here. And listen, the way that this guy is playing and the way that he goes out and he strikes the ball and the way that at least around the green, it's not that he's good necessarily around the green, but he's not losing around the green anymore all that much, which makes him a really dangerous player. Right. And, and look, he has shown in the big events, as we pointed out on last week's long shots, the fact that he was right there at the players championship he finished T7 at the Masters. He was T2 at the PGA. So this guy has started to show in big events. And, of course, the Memorial Tournament being an elevated event is a big event. So, but, but you know, it just seemed like he was ripe to win one. Now, he didn't lead the field, really, in, in any statistical category, although his putter got hot, hot early in the fourth round. And then he kind of, you know, ran into it and, and, and you know, lost a couple shots. I, I think it was on the 12th where he kind of duffed that little chip shot in in the thick rough around the green. It's like, okay, here we go and again. And in years That's, past, you thought it was over with yeah, him, right? Like I, in years I, past, I did. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did yeah. think I was like, yeah, just yeah. when you think he's turning the corner, mm-hmm. he didn't. But then he makes a bomb on 17 to get the seven under. I was like, oh, we got a chance here, at least a little one. Because I thought McCarthy was going to close it out because McCarthy had made so many tough putts, not only for yep. birdie, but saving par. You're talking 10, 11, 12 footers. The guy makes everything. His putting number is actually down this year, but was number one in strokes gained putting. I thought, okay, if he just, you know, keeps it reasonably in the fairway or in the first cut of rough, he's going to win this thing. Errant tee shot on 18, he bogeys and then does the same thing on the playoff hole. So Victor Hovland kind of wins a battle of attrition, seven under par. I think Jack Nicholas was in the booth saying, I think eight under is going to be the winning score. It ends up being seven under, but you know, I, I did feel for Denny McCarthy because I felt he probably should have won the tournament. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was right there to win it. Now, Scotty Scheffler was not. He had to have a five under round just to get in the clubhouse at six under. Now, if you just look at raw stats, then you're thinking, oh, this guy should have won by at least three or four shots because number one on approach uh, in terms of Tita Green, he was number one. I think he gained like 21 shots uh, or, or close to 21 shots Tita Green on the field. And the number two guy behind Scotty Scheffler, I was looking at that this morning. Uh, the number two guy, I think, was at like 12 and a half or something yeah. like that in terms of strokes gained T to green. It on was the ridiculous. Field. A stroke and a half better than the next closest guy in ball striking. I mean, everything, it was just, it, it was just, everything was ridiculous except for the putter yet again. And, and, you know, Wes, this is one of those things where I, I'm not going to go ahead and just say that Scotty Sheffer was a bad putter. I think that we've seen guys go on cold streaks before with the flat stick. But, I mean, listen, as impressive it was that, that Vic was able to overcome that duff chip, like you mentioned, as impressive as it was that Denny McCarthy was able to putt like he did and get himself in position. The fact that Scotty Scheffler was last in the field of the mm-hmm. guys that made the cut in putting and was right there and finishes outright three Yet again, this guy is, if he even just can play level to the field putting, he didn't even have to gain anything. If he right. can just play level to the field putting, he's going to win He's going to win half the tournaments he enters because he's he's basically right there putting like complete ass right now. Yeah, he is, and and you could even see it. He had, he had a lot of makeable ones on Sunday. He could have shot 7-8 under on the round. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly shot 64, 65, but, uh, you know, he was a story. I think, uh, uh, Rory McElroy, another disappointing Sunday. He was the, uh, co-leader after 54 holes. I had a little, I had a piece of him as well. He was with, uh, Siwoo Kim, who I know you had and David Lipsky. Mm-hmm. They were the overnight leaders, uh, going into Sunday morning and Rory, the wedge game. It's kind of like Scotty Scheffler's putting game. And Rory McIlroy's wedge game are like looking in the mirror at one another. Rory had so many wedges and, and, you know, where he should make birdie, makes pars. He dropped a couple shots on the back. So, you know, Rory's going through some things, I think, mentally trying to figure it out. I thought he drove the ball actually very well. Didn't use the drive. Which ended up being the detriment, right? Because yeah. like you said, he's he's hitting it 360, so he's having to hit these wedges that he's terrible at right yeah. now. It's like it's almost like he drove it too well for his own good mm-hmm. in the tournament. He, he did, and he used a lot of three metal off the tee and didn't even use driver but on a few holes. But yeah, he's smashing it down there so far. Gives him these awkward yardage. It was kind of like the Bryson thing a few years ago on mm-hmm. the PGA Tour where it's like you're getting these really awkward yardages into the green and just not reading them, just not reading the wind right. There was some wind on Sunday. So, you know, I, I thought the course played fair, though. And I know Jack Nicholas yeah. wanted to toughen up Muirfield Village, and and he certainly, I think, accomplished that. Uh, 
But uh, Victor Hovland just perseveres and just hangs in there because we've seen so many times where it's like he's right in the mix and he kind of goes away. He makes that one mistake and that just takes him out of it and it compounds and he ends up falling a little bit a few places down the leaderboard. And he didn't do that yesterday. He just kind of hung in there. I, I still, once again, I feel for Denny McCarthy. Look, I'm not giving the money back, cashing the ticket, but I do feel for <laughs> Denny. I felt Denny McCarthy should have won this event. And uh, hopefully he gets another shot somewhere down the line because as people that maybe have not seen him play before because he's not been right in the mix to win very often, the guy makes everything with, yep. with, with the putter. He makes everything. And if he could just, you know, get the ball striking a little bit better. He's only 30 years old too. It seemed right. like, you know, I read that. I was like, he's been out here for like forever, <laughs> but McCarthy is 30. I think he's going to get more cracks at it. When you putt that good, you're at least going to have a couple chances a year with, with so many guys that were in the mix towards the end, in case you guys didn't really follow how the leaderboard shaked up at the end. I mean, Jordan Spieth, a T5 in this tournament. Rory McIlroy shot three over with shooting three over, still finished mm-hmm. T7. Matt Fitzpatrick, who was never even shown on television, I don't think one time, right. was T9 in this right. event. You know, like he was T9. He has a top 10 finish in this thing. Uh, Ricky Fowler, look. he Another played top 10. Par. Right. He played it even par. He gave a lot of strokes back there at the end, but still finishes inside the top 10 Tyrrell Hatton, a guy that we have played a bunch of placement market bets on here recently. T 12. Now, is he going to win any of these tournaments? Probably not, but he's playing just good enough to continue to cash these placement market tickets for us. And that's where, you know, we continue Mm -hmm. to make our money. Shane Lowry, same deal. Is he good enough to win these against these super strong fields? I don't know anymore, but I'll tell you this, another top 20 for Shane Lowry. We just continue to cash those tickets. I think the biggest disappointment for me, Wes, was just the fact that, you know, Hideki that we identified as a good play. Right. Uh, he's right there. He goes four over on Sunday. He was Never live even... or deaf to make top yeah. 20. I was actually uh, tweeting back and forth with uh, Mitch Moss of Follow the Money right here on Decent. It was like, what a ride this has been. You know, we're like having to survive. He actually fell out of the top 20, had to birdie that par five, and then had to go that tough uh, three-hole stretch at the end, just even par, just to get you a piece of top 20. But Matsuyama, he was looking to go three clear on Saturday because I also had him. Uh, another guy I'll give an honorable mention to, Adam Shank, who finishes uh, mm-hmm. tied for seventh. Coming back the week after you lose that playoff to Emiliano Grillo at the Charles Schwab down at Colonial. This is a guy... You know, he's due, I think, that first win, and I think it's going to happen. It's probably going to happen, you would think, in maybe a weaker field event. Mm -hmm. Like if you're looking at the 3M Open or the Rocket Mortgage or the John Deere, this guy can make plenty of birdies. He's already got two runner-ups this year, last week at the Schwab, and then, of course, at the Valspar earlier where he probably should have won that tournament. So Adam Shank, another good finish to come back the week after, you know, really real disappointment, I think says something really positive for him. Yeah, it's one of those things. Just want to drive home here, guys. Like, uh, Wes hits the outright. I don't hit the outright on Hovland, but with the top 10 on Hovland, uh, a little bit of fourth round action on him. But you look down the rest of these placement market bets, and we talk about this all the time, is where you can really keep your bankroll healthy. And if you went through, you know, the the Tyrrell Hatton top 20, Gary Woodland top 30, Siwoo Kim mm-hmm. top 30, we, we talk about all the time that we will have some sort of placement market bet on every one of the guys that we have outrights on as well, right? Well, we had Fitzpatrick, Hideki, Ricky, and Lowry all, uh, you know, up and down the course. All of those guys finish inside the top 20 in this event as well to where even though you, you know, a guy like me who didn't hit the outright pre-tournament 
can still make a decent amount of money right. on, a, on a tournament like this. If, you know? if I so, didn't hit Hovland, like I was going to, you know, maybe pocket some small change yeah. because the placement markets did so well. And then it got to the point where it's like, okay, now Hovland's got a chance. So I got to, you know, play out a little bit with Denny McCarthy, which right. I did uh, right, right on the 18th and also a little bit before the playoffs. So I gave a little bit back because I'm like, I got to have something to at least lock in some plus on this tournament. Yeah, I think, uh, Wes, the, the biggest takeaway, I think, for, for me here is, uh, you know, I don't know how I can not bet Scotty in these placement markets going forward. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I might not bet his outright number, but look, if I can get a plus money on this dude at any sort of... I, I, lay, numbers, I laid money with him on, on yeah. top 10 and, and thought, oh man, this is not looking very good, but you almost have to. Yes. I, now, now I think in a major, you're going to get a little bit better price, close to even money, mm-hmm. perhaps maybe some plus. But I think I laid like a dollar thirty five for him to finish top yep. ten, and and you know he came back. It was like you're just looking at the numbers, and he was just he never seemed out of it, even though he was. I know it's just it's it's insane what what he is doing right now. And again, if he can even just putt at level, he is going to win all of these events by two or three strokes. It's just unbelievable. With Scotty Scheffler. Now we leave this star-studded event with a very deep field, and we head to the RBC Canada, where you know, look, we got some names, but it's not as deep as in the past. Here, Rory McIlroy is your favorite in this one over at DraftKings, five to one to win it. Tyrrell Hatton is your mm-hmm. second shot, if that tells you anything. Twelve to one there. Sam Burns at fourteen. Matt Fitzpatrick at fourteen, as is Cam Young. Corey Connors sixteen. Justin Rose eighteen. Everybody else 20 or longer. Wes, we'll do the full preview of this tomorrow. But I think when people, if they want to start doing some research before they get to long shots, which, by the way, special live edition tomorrow on the network at 11 Pacific to Eastern, if you guys want to tune in for that. Uh, this is not a course that we have ever seen before, and there's not a lot. I did some Googling last night and again this morning. There's like a flyover video that you can watch and stuff, but there's not a lot of info. There's kind of varying stuff on exactly how long the course is going to play. Like I've seen three different numbers. Like Mm -hmm. they they sent one thing out that said 7264, but there's like another press release that says 7460. I guess they're going to use these dynamic like tee boxes and things where this thing could play two or 300 yards longer or something. So it's to me, it's going to be an interesting handicap for us. I think where we might just have to be going with, form plays and guys that we just feel like are, are kind of coming around and whatever, considering mm-hmm. we're not going to know a ton about this course. Yeah. I, I was uh, actually DMing with, uh, with uh, Jeff Feinberg who uh, does of course the Pat Mayo experience with Pat mm-hmm. Mayo who lives up there in the area. This is actually his home course that he didn't think would okay. ever be able to host the RBC Canadian open. It's doing it the first time. It's actually a 27 hole course. And you're doing like a little composite this week. I think that they're doing a, a partial part of it is the uh, Stanley Thompson, the original design. There's like a Thompson nine. There's what's called a Hamunic nine uh, Canadian golf hall of famer. Wolf Hamunic, if that's how you pronounce the name, I'll figure that out by tomorrow. And then uh, George Knudsen, who's a former PGA tour player from Canada who has, I think like eight PGA tour wins. That's going to be the back nine. But I was looking at the split on the official scorecard and like the front nine, is about close to 3,800 yards, and the back nine is less than 3,500. So the back nine is a little bit more of a birdie fest. There's a lot of variance here. 
bent grass greens, bluegrass in terms of the rough. The only thing that they did was they did grow the rough out, uh, you know, to right. make that look like a facsimile of U.S. Open conditions. But this is going to be, you know, high teens under par, I, I would think. Uh, yeah, uh, it's because it seems like a lot of these fours are pretty short. It looks like yeah. the fives are pretty short as well. So it's like I think they'll tear this place up. Yeah, it's like even with the rough being thick, they're going to be so far down that like I think that we're going to not really see. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that there's going to be some scoring in this one as well. But again, not a ton of information out there about the course. We're kind of ha- just going to have to go with, like we said, either either firsthand experiences of people who've actually been there or mm-hmm. the little bit of stuff that we can kind of find in these flyovers and different things like Could that. Could be so- some good uh, a good week to maybe take some bombs or some non-conventional yep. people. Like, I'm going to try what we saw, and I'm going to use the LPGA Tour as an example. Give a shout-out to uh, Rosang, who... Of course, the NCAA champion from Stanford playing her first professional LPGA event and wins at Liberty National and Michelle Wee's event uh, at like 40 to one. So I know a lot of people bet her uh, and I might try that with Ludwig Auberg, the uh, NCAA champion out of Texas Tech, who now got his PGA Tour card through PGA Tour U. He is currently, I believe, as we record this Monday afternoon, playing that uh, U.S. Open qualifier just outside of Toronto. So that that might be, you know, you want to have some unconventional guys on the card. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, see me playing Rory or Tyrrell Hatton at this right. short of a price. Maybe I'll go down to Tommy Fleetwood at the 20 or the low 20s range that this could be. Victor Hovland got his first win on American soil finally. Tommy Fleetwood still seeking that first PGA Tour win. But there's going to be a lot of mid-range and longer guys, I think, for me in terms of outrights. I, I think so as well. I mean, you know, just – there's always the option if you want to, like we talk about getting in in tournament, like on any of these guys, the the numbers are not going to be that much worse on Rory or Hatton or whatever with a little bit more in our pocket. Right. I mean, we can have a round or two of sample size if you want to get back in. I mean, hell, I got, I got, you know, I got Vic at eight and a half to one leading in, you know, going into Sunday, right. Right. Where he was 20 to one before the tournament. So it's like, you know, again, there's, we don't have to bite on these shorter guys if we don't want to. We can kind of get in at not that worse of a number after we've got like a lot of sample size to kind of deal with here. But I think it will be one of those weeks I'm with you, Wes, where one, probably not a super deep card for me and two, probably more in that mid range to a little bit longer. And then we'll we'll work on the placement market stuff with some of the shorter guys and just try to try to work it out there. It's a decent field at the top. When you look at guys in the world rankings, we mentioned McElroy, Fitzpatrick, Hatton, Cam Young, Sam Burns, Corey Connors, Justin Rose, Shane Lowry, but they're all 20 to one or less. So yeah, it's, it's tough for me. And and these are always tough. I think these tournaments like right before the major, because every time you tee it up, you want to win, but it's like, some guys are just wanting to, you know, get some rounds in and get some exactly. competition. After in. Rory's wedges this past week, like, is he not going to just try to hit a wedge every time he can just to try, you right. know, like all these things? Like, right. is he not going to try to work he's, on that, like, as much as humanly possible? And he's and also the two-time defending champion, but being yeah. at different courses here. So there's a reason why he's a very short favorite. He's the class of the field, but... I'm if I bet him, it might be like a top 10 and then yeah. that's it. And I, it's like, if he beats me at five to one or nine to and two, so be it. Right. Okay. We're not missing out on a big payday okay. anyway. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like, fine with me. On, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We're not missing out on a big payday as it is 
anyway, again, guys, we will have the full preview of the RBC tomorrow. It will be live on VEASAN, so head over to VEASAN.com if you don't already have a subscription or if we are not in your local market. That will be at 11 Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. If you are listening to this and you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, go ahead, hit the pause button, go down, hit the subscribe button. Also, if you want to hit the little five stars as well, that helps us climb up the charts and Again, we are, uh, we're having a good golf season so far. That doesn't mean we will continue on having a great golf season, but we're having a good golf season so far. So hopefully you guys have been making some money along with us as we are hitting some of these outrights and certainly hitting these placement markets at a pretty high clip as we go right now. For Wes, I am Matt. Talk to you guys tomorrow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.